Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. I want to share with you here for just a few moments here this evening. Um, on the works of faith that a heart that's resting in Jesus will produce. So we've been talking about these things over the past couple of weeks, talking about the rest of faith and, and the works of faith. And what is the difference? You know, what does the word say about them? You know, it talks about the two. It, it mentions these phrases and, and it gives us scripture to, that kind of teaches us about these things. So it's very important that we understand them so that we avoid confusion, misuse, amen, that we don't um, get off on the wrong foot. So we've been talking about those things. Um, there's a faith that rests and there's a faith that works. And I started off by talking about how our faith towards God, this vertical um, relationship, this vertical, um, it, it, that's a faith towards God. That is a resting faith, right? So we can't, and what, what I mean by that is we're not trying to do something here on this earth to earn God's acceptance or his approval, right? Jesus already done that for us right? Jesus became righteousness for us, right? He is our righteousness, and now we are righteous because we're in him, right? So that's what I mean about there's a rest, there's a rest in faith in the Father that we are, we are welcomed in, in God's family because of Christ, because of what Jesus done for us. There's nothing that we can do to earn that. We just have to accept him. Amen. Believe in him and accept him. So our actions don't earn us righteousness. Like I said, Jesus is our righteousness. It's because of him and what he's done that we now have access to the Father. Right? See, this relationship was, was broken. Right? Because of sin, there was a separation between God and man. Jesus had to come to bridge that gap. He reconciled us back to, onto the Father. Right? Without Jesus, there is no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, you cannot come to the Father but by through me. You have to come through me. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the way. So we have been adopted into the family of God. We've been accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, we've been accepted in the beloved. That's Jesus. Amen. We've been accepted in Christ. Right? You see, you may go through this life and, and be rejected by different people, but Christ doesn't reject you. Amen. Jesus doesn't reject you. You've been accepted. When you believe upon him, when you make him your Lord and Savior, he accepts you in the beloved. Right? It doesn't matter what you've done. He accepts you. We abide in Christ. We abide. That's what John chapter 15 talks about. Abiding. Abiding. We're not separated from him in any way. There was separation, but now there's a, there's a connection. There's an attachment. There has to be an abiding. There has to be a good that source, that connection needs to be strong and secure so that his source, what, what flows from him can flow to us and through us. Amen. So we abide in Christ and we allow his perfection to flow through us. See, we spend so much time trying to be perfect, you know, by, by our own works and what we can achieve and by, our, by what we can earn. But we're not perfect. We can't be perfect without him, right? In Christ, we're perfect. Our spirit is perfect. Our recreated, reborn spirit is perfect, right? 
So we abide in Christ and allow his perfection to flow through us. How does that happen? We yield to the Spirit. We yield to the Spirit of God. That's how that happens. You have to live a life yielded to the Spirit of God. We yield on to him. So um, righteousness is who we are. Right? Righteousness, it's who we are. It's not something we're trying to earn. Isn't that good news? Amen. We are righteous. Our faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Our faith is in the finished work, not in ourselves. It's in Christ, right? It's in the finished work. That is a rest in faith. And we, I opened up on a lot of those things, right? Just recapping here really quickly. We enter into his rest, how? When we believe in him and in what he says, right? That's how we enter into his rest. We believe in him and in what he says and in who he says he is and in who he says we are. So we come to the Father and we, whatever we ask of him, it's a, it's, we do it from a place of rest, not something that we need to try and earn, like I said, but it's because of who we are, who he's made us to be. This is the rest and faith I'm speaking about. So we live our lives in obedience to the word of God. And then when we do, are submitted, everyone says submitted, are submitted and surrendered lives. You see, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in us, right? So we have to be submitted unto him. He can't, he, you know, we, can, we limit God from what he can do in and through us when we don't allow him to, because he doesn't force his way through us. We have to accept him and, and, and yield to him. So when we're submitted and surrendered unto him, our lives will bring forth and produce a work of faith or works of faith, right? Th- that's when that is produced in your life. So these works aren't something you do from the start to get close to God. No, they come from a relationship with God. That's where they flow from. Works of faith, right? Works of faith. So these are like horizontal works that we do while we're here in this earth. Remember I said last week, if righteousness was the only goal, we would have been just raptured after we got saved. Because when you got saved, guess what? You were made righteous, right? You're not trying to earn more righteousness by the good works that you do. Oh, such and such is how, look, this fella, you know, he has crusades and he gets millions of people saved every year. He must be more righteous than me. No, he's not. Amen. We are righteous by the blood of Jesus. No person is more righteous than the other in your spirit, man. Right? Now, you, we live our lives yielding to righteousness, right? So we can yield to unrighteousness, which is not what we, what we should be doing. But in, on the inside, the reborn spirit, that's righteous, Right, You can't be any more righteous. So if that was the only goal, righteousness, and that right standing with God, then as soon as we accept Jesus, believe on him, bam, gone. We just go to be with him. But why didn't that happen? Because there's works of faith. Jesus commissioned us. He said in Mark 16, there's a great commission he gave to his disciples and to his followers that we have work to do while we're here on this earth. Right? That's works of faith. What does that flow from? It flows from that place of rest. It produces works, right? So these are works that we carry out here in this earth. And we discussed how Jesus gave us us work to do. And in order to fulfill this work, we're going to need to be in faith, right? We're going to need to be in faith. This isn't work that we can do on our own or when we're not in faith. We have to be in faith, right? Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So we have to be in faith. So this is why we refer to them as works of faith. When the vertical rest in faith towards God is where it should be, it means there will be an active faith. 
You know, what does James teach? James tells us here that um, without, um, or faith without a corresponding action is dead, right? So, it, you know, we can talk faith and know the lingo and know the vocabulary, but if, it's just, if we're just living these passive lives, you know, sitting on a floaty, floating around the lazy river, thinking that we've it all together, we don't have to do anything, then that's not faith, right? Faith gets up and does something. Faith has an action, right? Faith has an action. So when the vertical rest in faith towards God is, is where it should be, it means there will be a working faith, which is it's, that's that reaches out and does things. It reaches out by faith and completes what God tells us to do. All right? It's God's work. It's not our own. We're not building our own kingdom. Right? We're not building our own kingdom. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain who build it. Right? So we're not here to build a name for ourselves or, you know, to, so people can, we can get so many Instagram followers and Facebook followers and whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about making him known, to know him and to make him known. Amen? He, he's the only celebrity. Amen? This celebrity culture has really infiltrated the church and, and it ne- look, it never ends well. It never ends well. Jesus, he is the focus, not us and not what we do, right? So um, the works of faith don't make us righteous or more holy, but they flow from a righteous and holy life, right? So they don't make us more righteous. Like I said, you can't get any more righteous. They don't make us more holy because uh, when we were reborn, we were perfected, right? But they, these works of faith, they flow from a surrendered and submitted life, right? So the kingdom work that we complete in this earth, it will require a faith that acts, the kingdom work, remember, it's kingdom work, it's God's work. It will require a faith that acts, right? So it's not our works, it's not on what we can do. Um, and it always flows from the place of rest with the Father. If you're not resting in him, you won't be working for him, effectively. You may think, well, I'm busy, I'm doing work. But look, at we can do work, but that doesn't mean it's fruitful. That doesn't mean that we, God asked us to do it. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you a wee bit here. But um, if we, when we're diligent... And when we work to put the word of God in our hearts, guess what, what begins to work? The word. The word begins to work, right? So um, what's, when we accept Jesus, we need to renew the mind, right? We need to renew the mind because these, these thoughts and all of these, this, this soulish realm, it needs to be reprogrammed, right? It needs to be, it needs to be um, uh, fixed with the, with the word of God and with the truth of God's word. So we renew our mind, renew our mind, renew our mind. That's a daily thing. You don't stop renewing your mind when you, oh, I'm, I'm past the 10-year mark, I've been saved, I can stop now, or I'm past the 20-year mark. No, no, it's every single day you renew your mind with the Word of God. You get the Word of God into your heart. What does the, the Word's alive, isn't it? It's alive. It's not, it's not just, oh, any old book. This is alive. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It is, it's alive because it's the breath of God right? All scripture is inspired by God, right? So uh, this is all coming from God himself, right? So this is alive. So when we get this in, it does something. When we get it into our hearts and and get it planted and get it like where it it puts down roots, it begins to work. It begins to work and work and work. So while we're resting with the Father, the word of God is working in and through our lives. It is challenging us to act in faith. It is, it is commissioning. It is do, it is, it is compelling us to get up and do something for him, 
right? The Word of God changes our lives. Um, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, in verse 13, yeah, it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us. So this is the Apostle Paul saying this to the church at Thessalonica. When you heard it from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as, in it, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which does what? It effectively works in you who believes. So when you believe in the word of God, what does it do? It works. It, and it doesn't just work, it effectively works. Right? The word of God works. It will effectively work in the lives of those that welcome it and receive it. You see, notice how Paul said that when he was addressing this. He said, you, heard the, you received the word of God which you heard from us and you welcomed it. You received the word and you welcome it. See, not all of the word of God is um, easy to take. <laughs> you know, easy to hear, right? It challenges us, prunes us. Shapes us, molds us, makes us more like, more like Jesus. So it's not, it's not comfortable always to hear the word of God, but it's always good. Truth is always good, right? The truth sets you free, right? So we have to welcome it and we have to receive it in order for it to effectively work. That's the part of that renewing your mind, hungry for it, getting it into your heart, coming to church, be like welcoming revelation, hungry for more. When we welcome it and receive it, it will begin to work in our lives. So as we rest in God and who he is, there is a work been produced. It's flowing from rest. It's effective and always timely. And I said this last week, the work that we do for Christ here in this earth, it's an empowered work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 talks about how it's a work with power. Why? Which mean, what does that mean? It means you're not doing it on your own. Right? So Jesus has commissioned us to do things and we looked at that. We looked at the Great Commission and the different things he told us to do, which will require faith. But who, like we are, we are the instruments. We are his body here in this earth, but he is backing us up with his power. So it's an empowered work. We don't have to be, you know, afraid of it or how could I do that? If we just submit and yield to him, get the word in, it will effectively work and, and, and live our lives pleasing unto him. And he will empower you to do what he's asked you to do. Amen. And you see, it's e that becomes easier. The more intimate you come, the more you know him. And it's like, you're, like any relationship, the closer you get to somebody, you're going to trust them more, aren't you? So you're going to trust him. So the closer you are to Jesus, and when he gives you a job to do, you're going to say, right, Lord, you've, you've given this to me. You wouldn't have given it to me if I, if I would fail, right? So I'm going to trust in you, and I know you're going to empower me. And that becomes easier the more you build your relationship with him. So it's all about that relationship, renewing your mind, getting to know him more, right? So we're not doing it alone. The Lord empowers us. It's about a what? A coming together, partnership. There's a union between us and him. We abide. There's that, there's that again. We abide in him. What does he say in John 15? We bear much fruit. Without him, we do nothing, right? The fruit, it's no good, 
right? In him, when we abide in him, we bear much fruit, right? And we looked at this in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. I'll just read this quickly. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am gentle and lowly at heart. You will find rest for your souls. From, excuse me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus gives true rest, right? True rest. You think I'm not that Christian lifestyle, you know, it's, it's hard work. You know, I, I'm working harder now than I was before I was saved. And it's tiring and it's exhausting. Well, then if that's, if that's what you're experiencing, you've got your own yoke. You haven't yoked up to Jesus fully because Jesus said his burden is, is light. His yoke is easy, right? So we come to him. Jesus said, come to me. So you have to come. Come to him believing that he is and resting in what he's done for us. So this, these verses reveal to us that perfect partnership with the Lord. We take his yoke upon us, meaning that even from the place of rest, there's a work to do. See, Jesus didn't stop there where, where he said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Then he said, take my yoke upon you. He continued. There was, you know, he didn't stop there, which means there's a work but it's an empowered work. We partner with him. Remember we said that yoke has two openings. So it was for two oxen, right? One was an experienced, one was a, a, like a young one. And they went out into the field and the, the, the um, mature ox was the one leading the way, bringing the power and the energy and all that. And, the, and it trains the younger ox or else if you just sent the young ox, he'd just go way off and do his own thing. We're the young ox. We hook up to Jesus, Jesus leads. Jesus is the power. We submit on to him, but we're yoked to him. We're, it's a partnership. We're working to him. If you go out on into the field thinking, I'm great. I've done, I, I've done this in the past. I can do it again. And you go out onto the field and, and try to work. I'm telling you, when you're not yoked up to him, it won't be fruitful or productive. Right? It has to be kingdom work and it has to be to doing what he told you to do. We take his yoke upon us. We yoke ourselves to him. We commit to learn. That's another thing Jesus said, learn from me. You have to be teachable. Don't ever think that you know it all. I certainly don't know it all. But he does. Amen. And I endeavor to know more about him every day as he, and more about his word every day as I spend time with him. And he shows me things and he'll show you things. Right, So we learn from him as he leads us and guides us and shows us what to do. In order for these works of faith to be evident in our lives, there needs to be a total surrender to Christ. He tells us to put down our own yoke. When Jesus said, come to me, that's him saying, put down your own work, your, your own yoke. The work that you were trying to do to become righteous, the, the yoke that you were trying to do you know, to, have, to have a good life and, and, to get to, and to get to the Father, to get to heaven. No, no, that's, that's not going to work. Come to me. That's a, that's a burden that you can't carry. You're not able to carry. And you can't you can get there without me. Jesus is telling us, put down our own yoke, which will only produce our own work. We're here to carry out his work and not ours. So a helpful way to know this is, if what you're doing is not easy and light, you have, your own, you have your own yoke. If what you're doing is not easy and light, you have your own yoke. You're not yoked up, you're not yoked up to him. You're doing your own thing. Trying to do a work without the empowerment. And Jesus told us that when we're connected and working with him, we won't be burdened or crushed. And I did say on that point last week, and it's important to remember that church as well, there is a weight that comes with the call. When he called you, there is a, there is a weight that comes with it. Um, so, but it's not a weight that crushes you. 
right? He, like, a, like the mantle he places upon you, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't break you, right? It doesn't wear you out. If you're staying connected to him, pulling from him every day as your source, spending time in his word and in prayer and just being in communion with him every day, he's given you the empowerment so that you can carry what he's placed upon you. But what I mean by is if you're feeling constantly exhausted trying to force a work, trying to do something, and this work may be a good work, but if you're trying to force something and to do something and to do a work of faith um, and without truly having rested, without resting in the Father, then it's going, to, it's going to wear you down and wear you out. How many times have you seen burnouts in the, in the church? I've seen them a lot. Burnouts. We need to be leaning on him. Amen. And working alongside him. So I want you to turn with me here to Luke chapter 10. As I want to show you an example here, you know, I, I closed last week just talking about the early church in Acts and about how, you know, the different works of faith that they were doing, and it all flowed from a rest in faith, right? That they all knew who they were in Christ. They all know what, what God done, what Jesus done for them, and then they were able to produce mighty works of faith with God, with the Lord empowering them. I want to show you here an example in the Word. In Luke chapter 10, This is one of the accounts we have here about Mary and Martha, all right, two sisters, right? And in verse 38 in Luke chapter 10, it says, Now it happened as they went that they entered into a certain place, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet. Say also. Okay. And she heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Jesus said, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So notice how Jesus, number one, was welcomed into her home. Right? It says, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. There you go. He, he has to be welcomed. You know, for him to work alongside, he, he has to be welcomed. So while he was there, Martha sat at his feet also. Martha started there. She sat alongside her sister Mary and she heard Jesus speak. See, we tend to overlook this at times and assume just that as soon, you know, Martha was just always serving. You know, she just, all, she was a busybody. She just served. That's what she did. But it says, who sat also at the feet of Jesus. So Martha started there, right? That's where she was when Jesus was teaching and sharing and speaking to them. They were there sitting at his feet. He was welcomed into her home. She loved the Lord. But what happened to Martha during this time? She became distracted, right? Her distraction led her away from what was truly important and truly beneficial. Distractions are always going to be there. We need to choose to not be pulled away by them. You say, oh, Lord, take the distractions from me. They're, not gonna, they're always going to be there. There's always going to be opportunity. While we're here in this earth... And, you know, living our lives, we're going to get distracted. 
The opportunity, I mean, will be there to be distracted. But we just need to not grab it. Keep your eyes on him. Her distraction led her away. What was she doing? She was serving her guests. Is that a bad thing? She was being a good host. Is that a bad thing? No. The work she was doing wasn't a bad work, but she was doing it at the wrong time. And a lot of the times we think, oh, you know, the works that we're doing, you know, that's why we can get into bother at times because the works that we're doing aren't, aren't necessarily bad works and we think that we're doing good. We think that we're being fruitful and we think that we're, you know, that we're doing what God ha- wants us to do and we don't stop to think, has he told us to do this? Maybe we've seen somebody else do that and they got recognition for it. Maybe we've seen the fruit of somebody else's ministry or the fruit of somebody else doing a work and we were like, I can do that, I'll do that and we jump on that bandwagon and we don't consult God and we're busy, 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 busy and then we wonder, well, how come they're able to do it for 20, 30 years? That's because God's empowering them to do it. Because maybe God's asked them to do it. But if he's not asking you to do it, you're going to try and try and try and try to do something from the wrong place of rest. You haven't been sitting at his feet. Maybe he hasn't told you to do that. Instead of sitting and resting at Jesus' feet, Martha became busy with a work that caused her to be distracted. And remember this, if you don't take the time to rest, you'll always find something to do. Remember I said that a couple of weeks ago. Even physically, if you don't take the time to physically rest, what happens? You know, your brain, sometimes some of us struggle to shut this off. So you sit down to rest and you're like, and it's just going like a hamster's wheel. I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do the other. And even if you don't physically get up to do it, your mind's constantly going and you're still exhausted. Right? If you don't take the time to rest and shut off, you'll always find something to do, right? Have you ever set out to spend time with the Lord? I hope so, don't answer that. (laughs) In prayer, reading the word, you know, worshiping, just in your own time of worship and spending time with him every day. Um, But many times, if you don't discipline ourselves to enter rest, we become distracted with other tasks. Oh, the grass needs cut. The grass needs cut. I need to clean the house. I need to go put diesel in the car. I need to cook the dinner. Whatever it may be, I need to do the ironing. Like, I need to write this assignment. You know, there's there's always something to do, right? And if you don't take the time to rest... To enter, if you're not disciplined to enter that rest, to enter that secret place, to enter that, I'm going to come and sit at your feet, Lord. Something else will take your time. But listen, it's not that these jobs should be completely ignored. It's not that you should let your grass grow taller than your house or let your car run out of diesel or not clean the house and not cook the dinner. It's not that you shouldn't do those things. These aren't bad works, but there's a time. There's a time. If we don't take the time to rest in him, the work we complete won't be fruitful. It could be a good work, but it could be at the wrong time. Martha got up from sitting at Jesus' feet and she began to work. She was busy serving. She was running around, ensuring her guests were fed and watered. She thought she was doing the right thing. So she came back over. She's running around. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. She was Martha the martyr. You know? 
Do we ever have that mentality? Look at me over here doing all this and nobody's helping me. I'm not getting any support. I walked in and I did all that and I didn't even get a thank you. And some of these things are going through our minds, right? Martha came back in and she was like, she looked at her sister Mary, she became frustrated at her. And in verse 40, in verse 40 it says, Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him approached the Lord and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. When we start doing a work that the Lord didn't ask us to do, we can very easily fall prey to thinking everything is about us. And that's what I was saying about it's a kingdom work. It's for the good of the king. It's for the spreading of the gospel, right? It's not about us. We're just the vehicle, okay, that the Lord works through It sounds like, yes, look at me, Lord. I'm here doing this for you. I'm doing this in my own time. I've sacrificed this. I'm working hard. I'm not getting any help. I'm great. I'm important. Without me, this wouldn't get done. I don't know what they'd do without me. And we start to have this me, 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 me mentality because we're a busybody. We can become very religious. (laughs) They become religious works right? We can start to build resentment towards other people like Martha did for her sister because we're trying to please the Lord doing something that he didn't ask us to do in the first place. You know, you know when I was reading these verses today, I noticed this. Martha didn't ask Jesus, should I get up and get food ready? Or at least it's not in there. She didn't say, Lord, would you like me to go prepare? You know, Jesus ate with his disciples You know, there's a time to break bread together. There's a time to eat. There's a time to fellowship. But Martha just got up and assumed, this is what I need to do. She was sitting at his feet, became distracted. The thought came, I have guests. I need to make sure they're well looked after. So her heart may have been right, but it was the wrong time. And it produced an unfruitful work. In verse 41, Jesus said, answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary's chosen it, and which will, this will not be taken away from her. So in those moments, church, one thing was needed, and that was to sit at Jesus' feet, to rest. Nothing else was more important than that. Those days when he visited their home were precious. They weren't always going to have him with them in the flesh. Those days when, he, when they got to sit at his feet, they were precious times. Jesus told Martha she was too busy with things that were troubling her and making her worry. You know, a lot of the time when we feel exhausted and burnt out, it's because we're doing a work that's making us worry and troubled about things. We're carrying burdens, there we go, that we shouldn't be carrying. And we need to check, am I doing this work for the right reasons, Lord? Have you asked me to do it? Do you want me to continue to do it? He said, Mary's chosen the good part. And the Greek word for part there is maris, and it means a portion. It can be translated a portion, right? So what's Jesus saying? The portion that Mary was consuming was better than anything Martha was serving. See, Mary was still taking a portion of something. She could have been serving, Martha could have been serving all these lovely dishes and lovely foods, and I'm sure they were lovely, and, but whatever Jesus was dishing out was better, And it reminded me, what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 4? Man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We get our sustenance from the word of God spiritually. And that shouldn't be put to the side just because we want to feed the flesh. Amen. There's a time to feed the flesh, thank God. (laughs) Are you thankful there's a time to feed the flesh? Amen. But don't, you know, put all your focus on that, that it stops you from feeding your spirit. Mary took every opportunity she had to rest at the feet of Jesus. We find in the word of God that's not all she did. And this is what I want to talk about here. You know, Mary just didn't sit at Jesus' feet and do nothing. All right? There was a time, there's a time to rest, time to work. The place of, where, the place of rest will produce a fruitful work. So Mary got up and did something. She had a revelation of what was truly important. The time she took to rest enabled her to perform a work that was timely and productive. It was a a faith work. It was a kingdom work. It wasn't her own work. The work of faith that pleases the Lord will always flow from the rest of faith with the the Father. Turn to me to John chapter 12. Jesus comes to Bethany six days before the Passover, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. She anointed the feet of Jesus, and she wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. One of his disciples, which was Judas, Simon's son, who would betray him later, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, because he took from the, from the box. He was a thief, and he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So John's account tells us this woman was Mary right? She kept aside this very costly oil to anoint anoint Jesus before his burial. What revelation she had. Isn't that wonderful? The revelation that Mary had. You know, some of Jesus' disciples that were with him every day, they didn't even know what was about to take place. But here we have Mary keeping aside this fragrant oil, this expensive, expensive oil to anoint Jesus for his burial. See, she knew he was about to be crucified and be buried. How did she know that? Because she took time to sit at his feet. She, she took time to rest. She took time to feed from him. She had revelation. She fed on every word that proceeded out of his mouth. She rested and this produced a kingdom work. Our intimacy with the Lord will lead us to knowing some things that others may not know. You know, when we get close to him, he may speak to us about things that we need to complete, things that are maybe coming up that others don't know. It comes from a trust. 
if he can trust you with these things, he'll speak them to you because he knows why you're going to do a kingdom work. You're going to do something about it. You're going to reach out and do something by faith. It means we can produce a work of faith that will please him and complete what he needs us to do. Mary knew exactly what to do at the right time. At the right time, she knew what to do. Turn back to Mark, chapter 14. So this is, this is another gospel account of the same, it's, it's, an, it's another gospel, it's the same account. In Mark chapter 14, in verse 3, it says, They were in the house of Simon the leper, and as he sat at the table, a woman, who he knows Mary, came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were angry. They were indignant, furious among themselves. And they said, what, why was this fragrant oil wasted? You see, they had no clue what was about to happen. For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, leave her alone or let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work. Jesus said, she's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, this woman, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. Here we are in 2023 and we're still talking about her. So what Jesus said there, it's a fulfillment. We're still, this story, this account has still been taught as a memorial to Mary. Because she produced a kingdom work. See, kingdom works last. They're fruitful. They're productive. They please God. They have eternal rewards. Many times we get wrapped up in these works here on earth because we think we want to get something here on this earth. Church, I'm telling you, yes, we'll be rewarded with things even here on this earth, right? But our eternal reward, that is what we're working towards, and that comes when we, when we produce a kingdom work here on this earth. Notice how the work that was suggested by the others, like saying, well, why, why was this fragrant oil wasted? Um, they, what did they suggest? It should have been given to the poor. Was that a bad work? No. Jesus said to do those things, Right? It's not about, you know, and notice how Jesus didn't rebuke them for their suggestion. He just said it was the wrong time. The poor you can give to later, but you're not always going to have me here. See, there's difference. If you haven't taken the time to rest or become intimate, you may get wrapped up in a work that he didn't ask you to do. Hebrews 11.6, we said this a couple of weeks ago, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we need to learn more about faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not every work we do pleases him. Regardless of whether we're in faith or not, 
Not every work we do pleases him. Because unless it's uh, flowing from our, our faith rest, and it's, it's a kingdom work, it's a work of faith, that's what pleases him. Not a, a work that we're trying to earn something or, 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 you know, get further or trying to, you know, prove a point to somebody or whatever it may be. Or prove a point to ourselves. We please the Lord when we seek him. That's why it says there, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we please the Lord when we seek him. And then we do a work and it'll be fruitful. I noticed something else. Mary was criticized sharply. When Mary done that, when she broke that uh, flask of oil and she anointed Jesus, she was criticized sharply by other people. Can you imagine how that would have felt in that moment for her? But she was that. She was just close to Jesus because she took the time to sit at his feet that she knew she was doing the right thing at the right time. But let me tell you, don't be surprised that when you step out to do a kingdom work, you're going to be criticized. You will be criticized by people who maybe don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. And then sometimes when, when that happens, we're like, oh no, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And then we back off. Consult the Lord. You know, if you're taking the time to sit at his feet, you'll know what he's asked you to do. And don't, and don't allow the criticism of others to put you off. Amen. If God told you to do it, do it. Amen. Don't listen to other people. If God told you to do it, do it. But you need to be sure that it's him that's telling you. Many times we get distracted by the desire to please people. Oh, they're criticizing me. I want to please them. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Don't get off track by people pleasing. Please God. Jesus defended Mary. He says, leave her alone. What she's done is a good work. The kingdom work she did has still been talked about today. Jesus said she'll be remembered for the work of faith. Why? Because it flowed from a place of rest. She sat at his feet and she received a revelation. And from that revelation, it produced a work. Remember I said, we get the word in. We get the word in. The word brings what? It brings revelation. What does that revelation do? It compels us to get up and act, to do what God's asked us to do, to fulfill the Great Commission, to be an ambassador for Christ. Amen. We're not sitting around, oh, it's okay, I'm saved, I'm righteous, I don't have to do anything. No, it's a true faith will act if it's coming from that place of rest in him. It'll reach out and act and it'll produce a productive and fruitful work of faith. Don't be too busy to listen to, to, to God. Mary sat at his feet and she listened to him speak. She listened to him speak and that's... You know, I had to learn too that when I'm, when I'm coming to God about things, I need to do less talking and more listening. Because if you're having a conversation with anybody, if you're doing all the talking, do you, do you know somebody that does all the talking? You can't get a word in edgeways. <laughs> so you're, if you're doing all the talking, they don't have an opportunity to speak. So if you're coming to God doing all the talking, he's just... Waiting for you to shut up. 
so he can speak. And I'm sure Mary had opportunities, like the relationship that they had. You know, Jesus raised their brother from the dead and visited their house. And, you know, I'm sure they had opportunities and dialogues. And I'm sure Mary had plenty of time to ask Jesus questions. And so, but she knew there was a time to listen. And she sat at his feet and she received a revelation. But many times we just go to God when we want something. And it's yada, 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 yada. And we just talk, 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 talk. And then, right, see you later. And he doesn't have time to talk to you. And maybe he, he's trying to give you the answer of what you're asking for. We need to learn to listen. His words are life. We often approach God with a list of things. We don't take the time to listen. We're here in this earth to do a work. Our faith in, is in Jesus and in what he did for us. So remember that, church. The works that you're producing, if it's to... If you get yourself, if you find yourself in that place where you're trying to, to earn or gain something again, you're not, you need to go back to the place of rest. Remembering who you are, what Jesus has done for you, the finished work of Christ. Our faith is in him and what he did, but from that place of rest, our faith will produce a work. And when we spend time with him and get to know him more, we will get a deeper revelation of what he has for us and what he's done. And what this will do is it will cause us to get up by faith and do something that is pleasing unto him. True rest will always produce a work of faith. True rest will always produce a work of faith. So we can find ourselves um, running around here on this earth, doing all of these things, doing all of these works. And many times we're in no fit state to be doing them. Why? Because we haven't taken the time to sit. We haven't taken the time to sit at his feet and to listen to him and to learn from him. And many of the times the Lord places us in places and churches and bodies under spiritual, um, you know, people that he's placed in our lives so they can pour into us. And sometimes it's, it's a time to come and listen and receive and to listen to, out for the, for the Spirit of God when he's, when he's whispering, when he's speaking to us. And then there'll be that work, that word that we're putting in, an empowerment will come, and then we will rise up and do a work. But if we keep jumping ahead of ourselves because we, need, we think we're called to do this work, I'm telling you, you can work yourself into the ground and it will not be fruitful. You need to be working from the place of rest. Amen. Mary sat at Jesus' feet. That's what she's known for. That's what I owe. Like if somebody talks about it, that's the first thing I think of. Mary sat at his feet. But we need, to we need to remember, Martha sat there too, but Martha got easily distracted. Don't get easily distracted. But Mary didn't stay at his feet either. She got up and did something. And the work that she done, which wasn't just that, but the work that she done, people still talking about it today. She did it. It was fruitful. It was at the right place at the right time. Maybe the work that God has for us to do is for a couple of months, a couple of years down the line. Maybe it's not. Maybe, I don't know. He'll tell you. But if you're trying to do it today and before you're ready, you won't bear fruit. Okay? So learn to rest in him and it will produce a kingdom work. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Are you blessed? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful time in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to come into your house, to be the body 
to learn and to grow and to mature and to develop. You've given us these means. You've given us these things, Lord, to, so that we can grow, so that you can work through us and we can get fixed in the place, Lord, where you want to do your work through us, Lord. So I'm thankful for the body. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for each and every individual here, Lord, that has something to give to the body of Christ. Thank you, Father, for these nights, Lord, that we have to, to Lord, just draw from your presence, draw from your word, Lord, that's going to equip us and empower us even more. Lord, more fresh revelation, Lord, to, to, to help us become more like you, because we're ambassadors for you, Lord. We're representing you and your kingdom. We're not trying to build our own kingdom, our own work. We want to build your kingdom, Lord, here in this earth. So we thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that the word that was sown here tonight, the good seed of your word, Lord, it will be, Lord, planted on good hearts. That it won't be just a thought that, oh, yes, that's good. I'm going to remember that. And then we don't take time to meditate and allow the word to work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we'll remember to take the time to meditate, Lord, so the seed of your word will be deeply planted and rooted in our hearts and it will produce much fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. Your word, is, your word works. It's always working. Even when we don't see it, it's working. When you first plant the seed in the ground, you don't see anything, but it's working. Amen. It's working. It's doing something. You are always working, Lord. Help us stay in that place of obedience and submission to you, Lord, and not jumping ahead of ourselves. And so your word can work effectively in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for the remainder of our week, Lord, that we are blessed. We're favored. Your favor surrounds us like a shield. We're protected, Lord, in the workplace, in our homes, uh, anywhere we travel, Lord, on, on, in the roads, Lord, and anywhere we go, your hand is upon us. No evil shall befall us. No plague shall come near our dwelling place. No sickness, no disease can prosper against us because we are the healed of God. Thank you for your provision, Lord, that you have given to us. We love you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to walk in boldness, Lord, and speak the truth. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have within us. I pray, Lord, for an opportunity to give to you tonight, Lord, while we're in your house, Lord, to become partners with you, Lord. I pray that the seed in our hand, Lord, as we sow it into your kingdom, it will multiply, Lord. It will come back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will even man give back onto us, Lord? And we are blessed because we get to give to you, Lord. And we will reap an eternal reward. So I thank you for our finances, Lord. We call them blessed and we are honored and privileged that we get to sow and become partners with you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we walk in love towards one another in everything that we do. Be unified as you've called the body to be unified. And we walk in faith and love towards you and towards your word, hungering and thirsting for more, making time to be with you to sit at your feet. And Lord, I pray that here at Island Church Dundalk, we're covered by your blood, empowered by your word and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie